Um, and for those of you that don't know what a rear naked is, it's um, it's a it's a jugular and a carotid choke where you place the blade of your forearm against the person's throat. You wrap it up behind your other arm. You try to grab your uh, your forearm, and you just kind of twist. And instead of um, actually flexing, which a lot of people make the mistake of, what you do is you take a big breath and arch your back as you do it. Uh, it works if you have your hooks in, which is where your feet are hooked in to the groins of your opponent, or if you have a body triangle where you have one foot locked with uh, behind the knee of yours stretching across their, their stomach. And what you do is you arch as you take in a breath, and it completely stops the blood flow. Um, Holm took it like a champ, though. She didn't tap out. She went unconscious. Um, that was that was a great fight. That was probably the best fight on that card, to tell you the truth. Um, nothing but respect for Holly. Uh, of course, Dana White has already jumped on board saying Ronda's fighting Nisha instead of Holly getting another shot at it. Uh, I don't have a problem with it. Holm didn't defend, so I don't think she should get an immediate rematch. I do think Ronda should have to fight Holly before she goes straight to getting the belt, but it's going to sell itself as the trilogy there. Conor McGregor's was the best thing to happen on that card. You've got an <laughs> Irishman that all he does is talk trash. Every fight, he's mentioned before that tapping means you're weak, that you have no heart. Uh, he's mentioned that he would tap Nate Diaz. And don't get me wrong, I hate the Diaz brothers. They are both cocky, loud punks who are very annoying and just flat-out dumb. Intellectual-wise, they're just not not—they're just potheads, which is why they have a huge fan base. But Connor, for some reason, people will believe anything that Connor says, and Dana White is, I think, madly in love with Connor McGregor, or at least the bag of money he brings. There was, there was real talk that if Connor won, they were going to allow him to face the 170-pound champion, Robbie Lawler. And when I tell you that that would have been a death in the octagon, I'm not joking. One punch, Robbie Lawler would have taken McGregor's head off. Uh, Diaz, people are people are making a big deal like I knew they would about Connor jumping up 25 pounds, and I'm saying this in air quotes, uh, to fight Nate Diaz. Not true. Nate Diaz is a 155-pounder. Um, he's a very he's, – he's really – he's a natural light heavyweight as is Connor. Really, the only thing that happened is neither of these guys cut weight. They just basically didn't have to cut. They could eat whatever they wanted and came in and fought that way. Nate on 10 days' notice. And Nate is no better. Nate is a fringe top 10 lightweight. And if you if you recall, the fight that was supposed to be going on was supposed to be McGregor and the 155 champion, Rafael Dos Anjos. And after watching this, people should realize just how beastly those lightweights are. Uh, Connor thought his power would end the fight right away for him. It didn't. Um, Nate Diaz got to him. Just Nate is not a power puncher by any means, but the volume and letting Connor blow his wad and punch himself out. Um, Connor got rocked, which leads you to think his chin is not all that spectacular. He got rocked against Nate, uh, went for a panic takedown. And as soon as – when I tell you that, that he tapped as soon as the arm was across – Nate didn't even have a chance to torque the choke. As soon as that arm was under the chin, McGregor tapped. The funniest thing I have ever seen, McGregor has not been able to live it down. I mean, people thought Sage Northcutt tapped quick. McGregor, I kid you not, he gave up on this before he even started getting choked. Nate could have just tapped his chin with his finger and said, I've got it under, and it was going to be under. I thought Dana White was going to cry, and it's a good thing he has no hair because he would have ripped it out. (laughs) 
Well, my two impressions from that is I think that he talks he talks so much junk, and I think you have to be a little bit cocky when you just go in there, you know, just basically to destroy somebody else. You have to get yourself wrapped up in I'm the best and worked up in that kind of mind mind frame. But and I also think he tapped out because he, you know, he he really got to Diaz. I think uh, from watching those uh, those press conferences, and I think if he'd allowed him to, to to apply that pressure, like you said, I don't know if he really would have let go. I mean, I think he tapped as soon as he could to save himself from any additional harm because Diaz was going to hurt him, and and it's, and probably so. You know, you talk that much trash, and somebody gets you in that position, they have a right to take that out on you. So I think that's why he tapped out. But yeah, it doesn't it doesn't you know show his supposedly his manhood and how. Fantastic! How he just destroys everybody like he comes across by tapping that fast. So that is ridiculous. But to the ladies, I, I agree. I don't know how you can just go ahead and let her come back, and no matter how great she's been and Rousey to come back and fight Tate again without having to go through home first. When you know, I, I think home should get a a, a rematch off the strength. If, if you're going to get Rousey a rematch after losing the home right off the bat, I think you should afford home that same luxury. But of course, home doesn't bring the same kind of eyeballs to the set that Rousey did, but I, I was more shocked at the fact that I believe Rousey's beat Tate twice already, correct? And then yep. for Holmes didn't lose to Tate, I, you know, it's just, I guess it's just, you know, different matches make different fights, but I was Styles a little shocked fight. when I saw that. Yeah. I, I was Styles make that, fights, totally and Holly was, Holly was a little too tentative. She was winning the stand-up, she was winning the counter, she just, she couldn't quite pull the trigger on a few of them, she was trying to play safe, knowing that Misha's game was to get to the ground, and it just didn't pay off. All in all. But isn't that Rousey's game? Uh, Rousey's, Rousey's game is to bum rush because she has no striking technique arm bar you. That is Rousey's entire okay. game plan. That's what made it easier for Holly because Holly's a lot bigger and stronger than most of the girls that Rousey's fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the counter to a judo throw is to sit back, almost act like you're going to sit down in a squat. You sit back and almost dead weight your body and with an mm-hmm. underhook. And when you have that underhook, it prevents Ronda from really getting in close and using her hips to toss you. And if you make if you make Ronda actually strike with you, you're, you're going to see what you saw that fight every time. Ronda cannot strike. She has the power because she's bigger than everybody, but no thing. Mm-hmm. Got you. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I, I like I said, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about that. I thought that was, you know, I think that was good for the UFC. I know Dana White probably didn't like it because I, I agree with you. I, you know, he's got a hard on for McGregor and for Rousey. Uh, but I think and for Sage. it's drawing more interest. Yeah, yeah, it's drawing more interest from, you know, the casual fan like myself to actually, you know, get more clicks and try to learn more about it. I think that was a good thing for him. Um, and so let, I'm going to put that one to bed. We'll, uh, we'll talk about it when, when, when the next big fight comes up. Man, it has been. If you've been living under a rock and you're just not into the NFL, uh, first of all, I don't know why you're probably listening to the show, but I assume that you are into the NFL, and today has been an absolute doozy in terms of free agency, and I want to get to it um, and, and probably devote most of the show to it. So, everybody, I know we keep promising baseball, but when you have a day like today in the NFL, uh, it, it's kind of going to take a backseat. we got a couple of weeks uh, here to open the day, so I promise we're going to get our predictions for MVP and World Series winners and pennant winners and all that. But uh, I'd be remiss not to get this time to the NFL. Um, but I wanted to start it with, uh, you know, the official, what we already thought was going to happen, um, with Peyton and Megatron. And, you know, Peyton's the first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, no doubt. I think it was smart for him as well to, to get away from some of this HGH and everything in Tennessee. And those could be nothing. But if he comes back next year, he can't get away from going into hiding like he did in this offseason. It's going to be prevalent, I think. Uh, to start next year. So, and plus, you know, you go out on top of the Super Bowl champ, there's nothing else to prove. 
he has all these records, you know. This, this, I don't think he has enough to prove. Megatron, you know, staying true to his word, I, you know, I give him credit for that, and, and we talked about it on text where his ankles are just giving him problems. And I, I you know, salute these guys that don't want to walk around like Earl Campbell now, you know, where they're giving everything to the game, you know, and stay way longer than they should, and then you got to ride in a golf cart basically to get around everywhere, and you can't walk in your and your quality of life just suffers. Uh, and Peyton's already said he has to have, you know, a hip replacement surgery. So, you know, I, I apply both of them. Uh, the NFL is losing two, two giants. And um, hopefully one of these young guys, you know, eventually can stand up into those into those uh, footsteps. But I'm probably not for a while. The only chance, the only person that you can really see that can be in that next Peyton Manning type genre, maybe Andrew Luck. I'm not as big on Luck as a lot of, NFL evaluators are as they've all got a hard on for Andrew Luck. I wasn't <laughs> I don't want to say that I wasn't big on him. I knew he'd be good, but I they were claiming this kid was first ballot Hall of Fame when he was at Stanford and I've I've been more of the mind of let me see how you do when you actually face NFLers. And he does have a rocket mm-hmm. arm, he's smart, but as you've seen, throws a lot of interceptions. Um, everybody else is kind of a different style of Peyton. You've got a few that could kind of potentially be in that all-time category. Aaron Rodgers comes to mind especially. Uh, he he doesn't have all that much longer, I would imagine, maybe five or six years. Uh, if Russell Wilson keeps going on this trajectory, he's got a chance. As uh, soon yeah. as Brady retires, he's right there. Uh, yeah. As far as young guys, that's kind of that's really about all I can see. Uh, Cam has the potential to be that kind of player overall, but not that type of quarterback. Uh, and that's that's really where we're at. I mean, yeah, once Peyton's gone, you're really going to notice just what a titan of the game he truly was. I mean, you're talking about pencil him in for. You're talking about the guy that was important to this generation as Brett Favre was to the last one, and as Joe Montana was to the one before that. And as Johnny Unitas was to the one before that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and if you need any more information, go over into, into Indiana and around Indianapolis and take a gander at uh at all the kids named Peyton. <laughs> Girls and boys. Exactly. And that'll give you a little bit of indication of of, of his significance. Um uh, and in terms of Megatron, um you know, they they're having a debate well, only planning, you know, the nine years holding back from being the first ballot Hall of Famer. I think right now because it's such a low jam and wide receiver, I don't think he gets in the first ballot. He's not first, um, he's not first ballot. No. Talent wise definitely. I, I but he didn't have he didn't have the longevity and you know when you when you compare it that way, he didn't have the numbers of T O, who also wasn't a first ballot. Right. Honestly, I'm not sure Megatron even gets in because the Hall of Fame really values longevity. Now you can argue that for seven of his nine seasons there was not a more dominant receiver, and you'd be right. I mean, Megatron mm-hmm. completely changed the game for receivers. You've never seen somebody that big and strong be that fast. You're talking about a guy that's 6'6", 230, 240 pounds that ran a four three five. Yeah. Uh, consistently <laughs> yeah. triple team. I mean, Calvin Johnson, talent-wise, is one of the best – is one of the top five best receivers. Uh, he's better than Isaac Bruce was. He's better than Torrey Holt. Uh, I think he was better than T.O. talent-wise. T.O. was a monster after the catch, but never had super reliable hands. I think you could go so far as to say talent-wise, he's top three right there with Jerry and Randy Moss. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Yeah, and I think the injuries are just playing for, you know, Detroit, you know. And, and it's really crazy. It's the same, you know, we are one of the best running back, if not the best running back, 
you know, retiring early. Oh, Barry Detroit, was the best. Barry Sanders, and then Megatron as well. So, I mean, it's tough, and it's got to be tough to be a Lions fan uh, just to see him move on. Uh, but a good segue into that, and I agree. I don't know if he makes the Hall of Fame because when he, by the time he gets there, when you take a look at his numbers compared to everybody else and other people that are getting close to retirement, he's gonna it's gonna fall off just because he hasn't played enough years. And if you're not gonna play How that long many years, Art Monk. Exactly. If you're not gonna play that many years, then you have to have at least one title. And he doesn't have that. You know, not even really. You know, he doesn't even have a playoff win, does he? Let alone a, nope. a Super Bowl title. So yeah, it's gonna be tough for him. But you know, much props to both of them. Um, so that's a good segue off of them because both of their former teams. Um, made some news today here in this uh, first day of, of NFL uh, free agency. A winner and a um, loser. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so, so we can connect those two. I want to talk about them. Then we'll come back to Atlanta, Cincinnati. Um, Denver definitely as a loser because they oh, have that, lost Malik everybody. Jackson to the Jaguars. Exactly. Uh, Danger Mason to the Bears, and they've lost Brock Osweiler. Houston, because reportedly Brock Osweiler was pissed that you know he lost his starting job to Peyton, who was the first battle Hall of Famer. If that's the case, then I've lost a lot of respect for Brock Osweiler. Like, come on, dude, relax. That's Peyton Manning. You didn't lose your job to Damian Hewitt, you know, or Case Keenum. That's Peyton <laughs> Manning. You know, relax. Um, and also with Houston, great day for them. I mean, you know, you get a new running back and you get a new quarterback. I think the Lamar Miller for four years, $26 million, is not a bad signing for them. Uh, they got younger. Very underrated. Uh, he, Terry yeah, underrated. He just, Talking about a guy that's averaged four and a half yards per carry for his career. That is one of the most criminally things the Dolphins have done is not use him for some reason. Yeah, and then he drafted another running back and then he wants to split him and he'll find out the guy from Utah is not that good. Go figure when you had a good back in Miller. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just ignorant. That's, don't get me started on Miami. Um, and then also uh, Detroit. Uh, you know, Sneaky uh, resigned Haloti Nada. You know, he's not the same force he was in Baltimore. You know, an age robs everybody a little bit of that burst. But he's still a solid anchor in the middle uh, of that defensive line. He just has to fill in around him. And uh, getting Marvin Jones, and for the people uh, listening to us, me and, <laughs> and Dylan actually talked about this up until the time that we got the alert that Marvin Jones went uh, to Detroit. And it just shows that. I love that signing. I, I, I love it for Detroit. I don't totally love it for him. In the fact that you go, okay, you got Tate, and you know Stafford. I think sometimes can be overrated, um, but Detroit is not, it's not won a playoff game in you know I don't know how long. And the same can be said for the Bengals. But if you look at the Detroit roster and the Bengals roster, I would think you said the Bengals roster is still a lot closer. And the fact that New England had heavy interest in Marvin Jones as well, I'm like, you know, the desire to be the man pretty much is what is what one I hear for Marvin in Detroit is what it seems to me. Definitely, he's got a he's got a chance to be their number one. Uh, if he's not their number one, he's their number two. Him and Golden Tate are right around the same talent level. Um, Marvin's a little bit bigger, so he should be slotted in a little bit more. He's better. He's better in contested catches. Uh, they also got yeah. Tavon Wilson, who, by the way, very, very, very good signing. Uh, just happened to be the recipient of a team that had three starting caliber safeties in the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, when Eric Berry yeah. decides that he's going to beat cancer and come back and be an All Pro. Sorry, bud. There's not much you can do about it. <laughs> no. But say, you know what? Just put the chief logo on as your, as your Twitter avatar. Say it's been a real pants, and uh, you always be in my heart. But, yeah, I got to go because I'm not going to give you play at time. And what a story Eric Barry is. I mean, that, that's oh, just definitely. phenomenal. That was fantastic. Um, I, I loved Barry even when he was at Tennessee. Barry's yeah. always just been a fantastic person and a fantastic player. 
Yeah, agreed. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and I'm, 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 I'm super happy for him uh, coming back. So we can bring this back here locally uh, for us, and, and, and I'm sorry. I know we it's, have going to. To, uh, it's going to it's gonna make my man <laughs> Dylan uh, a little upset. But I do like the, the sign-up for the Falcons and Alex Mack uh, because, you know, that was a Holly, uh, the center. He just was just yep. horrible for the Falcons. No, um, that was uh, – you're thinking of Mike Person who flubbed six apart. snaps. Okay. You have okay. one job as a center. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and then the interesting piece of them, uh, because we've got a lot of Atlanta uh, Bengals Falcons correlation here because Cincinnati has so many free agents and pretty good ones. Uh, the Falcons had interest in Jones uh, as well, but uh, I, don't, I don't think they were going to pay with him that much. But $7 million a year for Sanu when you didn't want to go over the $6 million to uh, give Cincinnati more competition for George Ioka. I, Who was the best I safety on the market? That. Yeah. When you I, currently I, I have no that. strong safety, you have no strong I, safety. The best one on the market was interested in Atlanta, but you wouldn't give him $6 million a year. And you're willing to yeah, give seven. I, to a converted quarterback. Right. Who's gonna who's ceiling and we can both agree is a number two. He's never gonna be a number one. He just doesn't have the speed to run away from you as a number one. Uh his hands are decent he enough. The speed to run away from linebackers play. nowadays. Yeah, yeah. It's just I, I don't get that. And when I saw that, I was like, okay, when I saw they wouldn't give a local six sixty uh, million a year, I figured that would take them um out of the Jones run, of course, he'd already signed Detroit. But then that, that come across for some new, uh, I was shocked. But, uh, and then Trevace, I think, is getting about, was it, eight to go to Chicago? And yep. you wouldn't give him back, but you would give some new seven. I don't understand the scouting or the priority uh, for, for the Falcons right now. It makes zero sense. It does not make any sense. And I'm just, I'm very upset and very hurt. And I want to punch somebody in the face at Flowery Ranch. <laughs> I don't understand their their thinking. They had so many holes they could have filled this free agency. And I'm not asking you to just go after top free agent and top free agent and top free agent. But Mario Williams got seven and a half a year, eight a year. He didn't even get ten. He fit what you need. You didn't go after him. Olivier Vernon just signed with the Giants. I know you weren't going to be on him. I'm okay. I can understand that one. But you haven't been in on anybody. Irvin got stolen yeah. by Oakland. I'm sure we're going to talk about later. I'm actually happy about that. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, there, everything else is happening. You didn't get any of the safeties. Rodney McLeod got signed by Philly, who I thought was fantastic. I thought that would have been a great signing. Really? So now I'm pinning my hopes on Sean Gibson because there is no strong safety left for the Falcons that you can realistically expect to start. I mean, I, Isa Abdul Kudus is already gone. He's with Miami now. Ayanasho went back to the Redskins. Thank goodness, because I don't need to see him here. <laughs> Iloka was it. And for $6 million, yeah. you could have grabbed somebody who's going to be 26 when the season starts. You could have given him a five-year deal, and he would have been fine all the way through that deal. He's a big thumper who has gotten much better in coverage. You guys – I, I don't understand. You guys were able to retain him for nothing. So now the Falcons can bend their hopes on 33-year-old Reggie Nelson, who's also probably going to go somewhere else. Well, I don't know, and I was going to bring that up. Uh, the reports are that uh, he's going to draw some interest from Atlanta now. Um, but I, I, I don't. But I see that McLeod signed for five years, $37 million. I think that Ioka gave Cincinnati a discount because he just wanted to be in Cincinnati. I'm just, I, 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 I don't see how McLeod gets more money per year. He's uh, than than Ioka does. 
I mean, I, the clouds are good, but I think Ioka's better. Can we agree on that? Um, uh, there are two different positions. McLeod is really a free safety. Uh, McLeod's more of a playmaker than Iloka. Um, for how for how far Iloka's coverage skills have come, they're still not at the they're still not at the point of McLeod's. And McLeod's a little bit younger. Uh, he just turned twenty five. Um, he's an ascending player. He's he's not that much. He's not he's not a full million better than Iloka. So the hometown thing may have been a bit in Iloka's thing. Uh, it could have just been that. Iloka has a little bit of an injury history as well, and McLeod doesn't. Yeah, and I wonder if they're going to uh, – I mean, given what we talked about, and I, and I also read another report that now they have Yoka back in, in, in the fold, that the Bengals are not going to go after Nelson. And that makes sense to the point that they have Sean Williams, one of your Georgia boys there, who also is a bit of a thumper as well. So somebody's going to have to be the free safety. Bit of a thumper. Two, I, yeah, he, well, he's a huge thumper. I mean, I, I love it personally. You know I love it. Um um, I might have to go buy me a Georgia Bulldogs t-shirt for the mini Bulldogs on the Bengals <laughs> roster. <laughs> but, I mean, that means Ayoka's going to have to move over then because I don't I, I don't think you're going to push out out there free safety. And I'm pretty sure if you don't re-sign Nelson, that it's going to have to be Ayoka that moves over to free and you put, you bring Shawnee in as a strong. Um, so I think Ayoka will be fine as a free safety. Yeah. I think he'll be fine. His coverage is play center field. Um, yeah. You could, honestly, you could play Sean at the free safety if you wanted to. He's Blazingly fast. Don't forget, he ran a four four three. Um, he he's still much more of an asset in the run game. Um, Iloka wow. is ideally suited for that center field role. Uh, they'll just have to transition a little bit different. Whereas Reggie Nelson could kind of man cover out of the slot. Iloka is going to need to be in a zone coverage, basically his entire coverage. Uh, the good thing for the Bengals is it gives them you can blitz either safety. Yeah. At pretty much any point. I mean, that's you basically got two more linebackers sitting back there now. Yeah, and I wonder what they're going to do. I, I, I hope to God they draft a, a corner and, and let you know Leon Hall go. And I wouldn't be, you know, I would be okay with. Yeah, I, you know, I'm just not a Leon Hall fan. Um, and try to get Pac-Man back. And you already got Kirkpatrick and um, and Darkhead Sennard back there, so they have a little bit of depth as well. And they also have. Um, I just name just slipped my mind. That fool from USC that said he jumped out the building, the window to, to save the, the chicken in the pool, Josh Shaw, and he's actually played really well for them when they uh, they had injuries this year. They're they're high on him, uh, and, I, and I would like for them to, to you know, I just wonder if they're going to pay Pac Man if somebody gives them an ignorant contract. I don't think they'll match, but I think they got uh, Pac Man one to Miami and Ioka. You think so? Yeah, he's already he's tight oh. with their defense coordinator, and they'll probably pay him. Yeah. They love to yeah. be free agents. Oh, yeah, that's right, Miami got our defensive back coach. Um, yeah, um, so, and, and you actually talked about for the Falcons, and we and we discussed this, so to, to let you guys know how ahead of the curve we are, in the summer, after we first met and started doing these on the fly, we talked about how good Ladarius Green was and how he would be a great fit uh, for the Falcons. And lo and behold, he goes to the damn Steelers to replace Heath Miller. Um, the numbers how the heck does Pittsburgh do this? I, I, that was How the heck sneaky. do they keep do doing this? They I lose a Hall know. of Famer. They get the one person on the market who's criminally underrated <laughs> and who's going to be criminally underpaid, who's honestly probably a top five tight end in the league. Yeah, I, I, I don't get that. And it was really sneaky. Like, I never heard any reports that Pittsburgh was in on him. I, you know, I, I no. heard Atlanta being in on him. But, yeah, they, they, they stuck on the radar, and they, they snagged, you know, a very good young tight end, especially once um, – Dwayne Allen went off the market earlier this week back in Indianapolis, which Fastest we were both tight in the league too. 
Yeah. They're talking about a big six-foot-four, six-foot-five, six-six maybe target that runs as fast as half the receivers in the league. Come on, guys. I I ask for one thing. Yeah, your Falcons, I'm not sure. And they were also – They're going to get Niles um, Paul and tell me that that's a good signing. Yeah. stupid Kyle Shanahan. Only wants players that he's played with before. Yeah, that's going to be his. That's going to be his downfall. But now Paul wasn't bad. He just couldn't stay on the field. Uh, but we can he agree can't do that anything Reed else. Is, yeah, but Jordan Reed is better than he is, so that that was going to happen. But now it's Paul when Jordan Reed was hurt in some of those games. I know, I, I know, because I play fantasy and I picked him up in the league or two. He was okay, and then he got hurt. So he's not he's not horrible. So you know, I wouldn't necessarily be so upset with that. But he's definitely he's definitely. I'm an, upset with that when Ladarius Green was out there. Yeah, but like I told you before, I think they're buttons and hitting singles and doubles. They're not trying to hit home runs. Uh, but then again, they blow that out of the wire. Home run, you could have paid like a double. Yeah, but then you're going to pay a double. You know, you know Pittsburgh didn't break the bank. Pittsburgh never Probably breaks not. the bank, and yet they always win free agency. They never overpay, and they always get much more than they paid for. Yeah. It's the mark of a good yeah. team. Yeah, and also it helps when you win. You know, I hate to say that about them. I just hate them as an organization, almost as a city. But yeah, and it, but that <laughs> that plays in that plays into it. So you know, you want to go to a good organization that you feel is run well and gives you the best chance to win. Um, so uh, agree. Uh, Atlanta was supposed to be in on Travis Benjamin. He goes to San Diego, and that's sneaky good signing for San Diego to compare to pair him with Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen comes back from that lacerated kidney. Um, they they resigned Antonio Gates. Um, they get any help on the offensive line to get Flip Rivers time to throw the ball and get you know get a, a, a post from Melvin Gordon. You know that San Diego offense could could they have a bounce back here? Uh, I love the Travis Benjamin signing. I I would have liked him in Atlanta, but not for the money they paid him. Six and a half million for a guy that all he does is run fast in a straight line. No, thank you. Yeah, I think, think about it. I think San Diego like overpaid. That. That's the one that I'm okay with if you're the Falcons. I wouldn't have given Benjamin anything over five because he's going to be your number two target, quote-unquote, but he doesn't run particularly strong routes. He's not a vertical receiver. He's not a contested ball catch. He's just a take – he's he's basically a shorter Mike Wallace in every sense of the yeah. world. He's, he's great on kickoff and punt return, but that's not enough for me to pay you $5.5 million or six and a half. I thought the Chargers did. I thought you were going. To, I thought you were going to mess with me and call him Ted Ginn, which is another decent comparison. He just said take the lid off. He's a better his, receiver uh, than Ginn. A plus. Yeah, He's a better yeah, receiver I mean, than Ginn. 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 Ginn's Ginn's faster, but uh, Benjamin's a little bit more refined than his route running. Neither of their hands are spectacular. I think yeah. no, I think Benjamin me. just cashed in big time on the fact that there wasn't a receiver in Cleveland since Josh Gordon is dumb dumb. Yeah, that dude. Uh, I wonder if they're going to reinstate him. I mean, that uh, because if that changes things, that changes things. That, that changes he hasn't things. Gotten he hasn't gotten yeah, in any trouble. He hasn't gotten any sort phenomenal. of trouble since he's been out. He's one of the best receivers yeah. in the game. Just a knucklehead. Yeah, exactly. Just, I mean, a huge knucklehead, which just kills his talent. Um, but, but, yeah, I like that pairing with Keenan Allen. I agree they may overpay a little bit. Uh, but they also lost Floyd, and his daughter comes off the book to retirement. So they, they made it feel like they had an extra, you know, million or two to throw him to make sure that they steal him away from in Atlanta. I don't think he was ever going back to Cleveland, but regardless no. of what he was talking about. No. Um, 
Yeah, no, me, I, I agree. Um, so turning to to a couple of the running backs here, um, I like Matt Ford to the Jets only if Fitzpatrick comes back. If Fitzpatrick doesn't come back, it doesn't make sense for Matt Forte to go there. And I think if I was Matt Forte, I might have waited to see how that turned out uh, because you're not in any bad situation. The Jets are, are talking about Geno Smith. You're not in that much better of a situation. I don't care how good that defense is. In the division with New England, you're not that much better off than you were uh, in Chicago or somebody else, somewhere else where you could have signed. So that's interesting to me uh, there. And then Doug Martin getting five years and over $35 million in Tampa Bay. I mean, he had a resurgent year, but – I don't think I give him contract that year, brother. He's a contract year player. Yeah, I don't give him seven million though. I mean, we saw last year with Demarco Murray. I don't, I don't give him seven million a year. I let him go Heck out no, the market and get that. Yeah, for how good he I, was this, this year, that's how bad he was the last two years. Exactly, and a running back is prone to hit that wall and be done before you even know it in the blink of an eye. I just don't think at this point any running back is worth seven million dollars. You're not named Adrian Peterson. Well, I don't know about that. Who? How about that? Todd Gurley's worth more than seven. Oh, okay. When Todd Gurley, I'm giving Gurley 15 if I have to, to have a talent like that. Adrian Peterson, oh, well, he's well worth his $12 million, even at 31. Uh, not this past year, but the previous year. I said uh, oh. let's talk about Adrian Peterson. Let's just talk about Adrian Peterson. Oh. It's fine, yes. But Gurley, Last you don't year, know what's going to he led the league. I know. I, I had him help me win the championship, but I don't know if I pay him $11 million. When I can draft the sure. quarterback behind the offensive line, oh, quarterback, running back, running back, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I I, I tend to go with It the takes a special running back. I'll agree enough. with that. It's a special okay, running back. Most running backs are plug and play, unless you have yeah, a truly special one. Yeah, and the thing about Gurley is I hope he makes it to that point. Given what he showed us last year, yes. But in four years, and, and you never know, Jeff Fisher, he might run him Eddie George style into the ground. He may not. We yeah. won't when he's when he's ready to be resigned. So, when he's ready to be resigned is what I'm saying, you know, but you're not, you got him on a rookie deal now, so you don't have to pay him that kind of money. Um, let's see here. He's going to blow uh, up in L.A. Oh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah he's going to be a superstar in L.A. I just, I just don't trust Jeff Fisher. Uh, with Kate. When you come out and say Case Keenum is my guy, you know, and you tend to him a first-round They gave first him a first-round round tender. Like, who's going to yeah. give up a second-rounder for Case Keenum? Who's going to give up a fourth-rounder? These people are killing me. Uh, Denver. I, Denver would have this, right now. Not for Case Keenum, guy. Not for Case Keenum. Dude, Denver's sniffing around on RG3 right now, man. That's because he's free. You don't have to give him a draft pick for that. <laughs> I mean, you could, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not gonna, he's not going to give him a fourth-round pick for him. And that's another thing to go back to the Jets. They may be overplaying their hand because you talk about, you know, when you had a conversation this summer where I thought that Fitzpatrick could kind of, you know, level that shit for the Jets with um, Geno Smith being out. He goes to Denver with that same wide receiver core, similar to what he has in, in New York, uh, but it was probably not, I mean, arguably a better defense in Denver. The Jets may be overplaying their hand. They better get to Fitzpatrick and give him, meet him somewhere in All the middle. All reports are they're letting him walk. All reports are they're letting him walk. They loved Geno this off. They loved Geno before he got punched in the face. <laughs> For stiff I'm guys, just telling you, you're dude. You're going to go through the thing. That's crazy. That's the, I'm just telling that's, you, that's they the love Geno. And that's what I was going to say about Forte. Geno would love to have a back like Matt Forte, who's a fantastic pass blocker and who Geno can check down to, you know, when he gets skittish and crazy. Right. You mean with the first read in there? Yeah. But if you're Matt Forte, you're not going to – Geno Smith is not going to be enough to overtake the Patriots. And if the Dolphins get anything out of, you know, Maxwell, Alonzo, Mario Williams, and Tannehill ever – 
does anything to get a, a downfield piece of the arm or incorporate his wide receivers other than uh, Landry, I mean, you're not going to be better than Miami. So if I'm not Forte, I'm looking like, come on, man. I didn't come here to play with Geno Smith, dude. Geno Smith? <laughs> I think Forte I, just wanted whoever was going to give him the biggest role. Uh, I, but, you know, at that point, he's made money with, with Chicago. I think he wanted to go to the I don't think it's about money. I think it's about who he's going to get to actually play the most with. Forte is one of those yeah. dudes. He's, you know, he's yeah. he's not a running back like you think of running backs. He's more like a receiver in the backfield. He's never been a particularly strong runner. He's always just been a running back who you can throw the ball to a hundred times a season. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I I, I I get it, but I know a piece of him is not gonna probably sit out loud because he seems to be more of a pro than that. But he's probably gotta be someone like, man, you gotta be effing kidding me. You know, <laughs> this dude with Fitzpatrick threw for like thirty five hundred yards last year. I got Decker, I got Marshall. And you turn the reins over to Geno Smith? I, I, oh, I, 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 I think that's a sneaky signing for Denver to look at, the Smith Brown Fitzpatrick. I mean, because you saw what he could do when you give him a, a decent running Especially game. Especially because they want when you Dak. Give him to a it, it, Especially because yeah, L.A. is in love with Dak Prescott. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. There's, I, there's I, rumblings I that they're that. taking Dak in the second round. Wow. wow. Sit him for a I year or two. Let him develop, but they are they are in love with Dak Prescott, his leadership ability, his arm, and just how far his passing has come in the last two seasons. I'm telling you, dude, Dak Prescott in the right system, Dak Prescott can be a fantastic quarterback. Yeah, I don't agree with it. Like I told you, I, I wanted for Dak, but I don't know if I spend a second round pick on him. Though, I mean, I would maybe I'm on. Okay, so I was thinking like, I, but that's, that's, I'm not John Elway. Yeah, and the thing about it is if you find a guy that you love and you be damn what everybody else thinks about him, you think he's going to be that guy, go get him uh, and then prove everybody wrong. So yeah, I'll agree with the Hall of Fame quarterback. Him. Yeah, he might know a thing or two about quarterbacking. <laughs> uh, uh, well, we talked about Philadelphia, and Chase Daniel does go to Philadelphia, and I wonder how nervous that makes Sam Bradford because I think that, that shortens the leash on Sam Bradford a whole lot. Um, they they paid him seven mil a year, too. Yeah, and so, yeah, that's crazy for two quarterbacks. Uh, but that lets It doesn't know, make sense, you, though, for Bradford now. That really doesn't make sense because you're paying Chase Daniels starter money. Are you going to pay Sam right. Bradford $12 million to sit the bench? Unless yeah, they, they have a cut clause. They do. After the first year, I think the second year is either a mutual option or it's a team option. That's all I'm saying. I think that contract really ends up being a one-year deal. So he gets a lot of guaranteed money out of it, but they can they can part ways with him after a year. But believe what I read about that contract. So I think, you know, Sam was like, oh, for real, dude? You know, his leash is much shorter. Um, and then you get, you know, I don't love McKelvin outside of maybe being a slot corner, but he's fantastic in the return game. And we talked about McClellan earlier, and then they get Brandon Brooks along that offensive line. So Philadelphia's had a Brandon Brooks day. Brandon Brooks big time. Oh, they've had a great yeah, day. They, they got rid of yeah. Byron Maxwell and Kiko Alonso and got the eighth pick in the draft over because Miami's dumb. Dude, Miami, just, was- their whole plan is win free agency and lose the season. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't see that. They gave them the eighth pick in the draft? Yep, they swapped picks. Oh, oh, yeah, that's dumb. So now Philly now Philly could potentially jump ahead and, dra- and grab Jared Goff if that's who they want. They could trade back with another quarterback needy team, pick up another couple picks and get Paxton Lynch if that's who they're thinking. I mean, Philadelphia won the day. Howie Roseman completely was bizarro to Kelly today. Exactly, and think about it. If if you saying I give Sam this and I'm bringing Chase, Chase over and paying him seven, 
I don't even know if they're in the quarterback market anymore. They just are there for the sell to higher. Oh no, they'll be in the quarterback market. New regime is the quarterbacks, my friend. Definitely. But, but Chase is but Chase is still young enough. That could be their quarterback in the future. If that's the way they're thinking about it. They Chase could just like be twenty eight, twenty nine years old. No, they don't look. I at, mean, nobody looks at Chase Daniel as a front line starter. He's he's looked at as a he, he can cap out as a serviceable starter, but he's not somebody that you're going to want starting. You'll be able to upgrade over him. I mean, fair enough, but the way these guys are playing now, you say he's 28, but he can definitely play to his 40. That's still a good decade he can spend in Philadelphia. I mean, you know, if he comes out and plays the part. But if that's the way they view him, then I don't then I don't understand why you pay him $7 million if that's how you view him. If I'm paying you $7 million, I'm basically saying, Sam, you got to show and prove you are. This is going to be my guy. I'm paying him $7 million. And not just to be a serviceable <laughs> quarterback. You know, for $7 million, you got to be better than serviceable just from 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 my standpoint. Um, what, when Brock gets $18 million? Yeah, I mean, that's, Houston's just desperate. That's what happens when Hoyer throws four interceptions and fumbles like three times in the playoff game. Um, the Giants, uh, they, you know, heavy on defense. You know, got J.P. back. We don't know if we'll overdo it. Uh, Vernon, $85 million over five years. Woo! That's a lot. Um, Especially for a guy that doesn't have the full years. production. That was the yeah. worst signing of the day. That was a yeah. huge overpay for a cornerback who's given up 22 touchdowns in the past two seasons. Horrible. Yeah, I mean, he's a good cornerback, but he bites so hard on fakes where he just tries to be uber aggressive. I mean, mm-hmm. bad move. If St. Louis looked at him and was like, I'm not even going to put a tag on you, then, I mean, you that's just him, upped his, You just gave him an extra $4 million for turning down St. Louis's deal. Yeah. I do like the Damian Harrison signing, though. Uh, for the Giants, that might be their the best. That's one. very, very good. Yeah, the Vernon Big Snacks. He's a monster. Yeah, I love I love the nickname Big Snacks. That is, that's he's like three hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> I know, I get it. It's still a fantastic nickname, though. I love Big Snacks. Um, Bigger than just real quickly. Yeah, uh, pot roast. Um, I love uh, <laughs> <laughs> Richard Incognito actually coming and taking less money because we talked about that last week, and I thought that was kind of <laughs> dirty on his part. But he did come, I guess somebody said, look, bro, you're tripping. And he saw the error in his ways uh, and, and goes back to Buffalo for a little less than market value. So kudos to them meeting in the middle and realizing, hey, we gave you a chance of him saying, yeah, you did. Uh, let me stay here. So um, I'm trying to go through all of it. I don't want the blog talk quality to cut me off, and I want to give you time because uh, for, you, for you to talk about the guys in 92.9 because I want to hear it. Um, is there anything else you want to add? I'll, I'll leave the floor up to you to, to close this out and, and, and give me what you got. Before I get into that, Raiders definitely won the day. Kalichio Semele, they got him. They paid him, and he's going to actually slide out the tackle. They basically paid him $8.5 million, which is more than you pay at guard, but way less than you pay a starting left tackle. He's going to slide yep. out there for Donald Penn. They got Bruce Irvin on the cheap. Which, granted, I don't yep. like Bruce Irvin as much. I think he's overrated. We talked about this earlier today. He's basically for Stop it. <laughs> um, but Raiders – Finally doing finally having a good off season. I hope I hope it works out for them. I'd like to see I'd like to see the black hole come back. But uh, uh yep. on to uh our new segment, which is called Short Fuse, which basically it's just gonna be people that piss me off. Uh, I was I was I was riding home on Saturday and I'm listening to ninety two nine and I'm not gonna name any names because you know, you never burn bridges. But the two hosts are sitting there talking about off season moves to the Falcons. 
they mentioned three people. They mentioned Shaq Lawson. That was the only draft pick they mentioned, who, by the way, is not a first-round pick. Uh, they mentioned um, – who else did they mention? They mentioned Mohamed Sanu, who I've always hated for the Falcons. And they mentioned uh, they mentioned somebody else who was no fit at all. And it got to the point where I actually had to call up the station just to give them a list of names. They didn't mention Zach Brown. They didn't mention Ladarius Green. They didn't mention Tashawn Gibson. They didn't know George Iloka. They didn't know any. They didn't wow. know who Rob, who they didn't know who Rodney McLeod was. I mean, c- completely amateur hour. I mean, this is this is things we could do in our sleep. I mean, you were getting paid on the radio. You have my dream job. Know your stuff. And Randy McMichael, I know you're a Georgia boy, and this hurts to say. But, dude, you played in the league. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, hey, always been a great time. We're going to actually get to some other stuff next week.